This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I'm being joined by Allison Sinning. She is the Youth Development Manager and Girls on the Run Counselor Director for MB here in the Sioux Empire. Hi, Allison. Hi, everybody. You know, good morning. Thanks for coming to the studio today. Thanks for having me yeah. today. Before we get started, for anyone who isn't familiar with MB, tell us a little bit about your organization. So MB is an organization whose mission is to empower women and families across uh, the Sioux Empire um, here in Sioux Falls and across the state. Yeah, how many people, and I know we talked about this, it's a broad number, on average would you say the number of people that benefit from an organization like MB? So we have like a significant presence in our community, Mm -hmm. so um, for example, in our youth development uh, department, we have a uh, our Girls on Run season just started, and we're impacting around 600 girls across the state mm-hmm. this uh, spring. Um, and then, we, of course, we have a very large um, child care center that impacts, you know, hundreds of families within our city. Um, and then many of many people don't know that Dress for Success is an MB program. And so we have hundreds of women that come through to, for career counseling and uh, to help with uh, finding jobs and um to find support for professional development. Absolutely. Now, I didn't even know this, but I there's four pillars for MB. Can you run down those four pillars for us? Sure. The four pillars are um, we have the MB Educational Center, which is focused on our child care. Um, we have women's programming, so that includes Dress for Success or, and our women's leadership program. Um, and then Dress for Success also has a whole bunch of other exciting programs for to help women for, you know, from financial literacy to to um, helping with professional and personal goals. Um, There's a a lot going on with our women's programming department. Um, Then we also have youth development, which is our Girls on the Run program. We also run summer camps and First Lego League. And then our new pillar is family services, and that's where our aquatics department is kind of housed at the moment. Um, You say new pillar. Was it just added recently, or what what came about with that? So, I mean, our mission is to empower women and families. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, we know a lot of what we do with our families is uh, offer child care services to to families in our community. Um, But we're looking to expand what other kind of programs we can also offer our families within our community. So, for now, we are focused on our aquatics department, um, which, we know, we do swimming lessons. We have a – our pool has been downtown for – Many, many, many years. Uh, lots of good memories there. But uh, we're also looking to see um, how how else we can serve families in our community in the future. Let's talk about the programs. You already hinted at Dress for Success. And I know Girls on the Run will get into that more a little sure. bit later. But let's really dive into Dress for Success and other programs that MB offers. Sure. Um, so at Dress for Success, um, most people know Dress for Success as the clothes, right? Yeah. You can go and donate your clothes um, and have help women, you know, feel confident when they go to interviews with the proper proper 
clothing and yeah. outfits. Um, but it's just so much more than that. So it's, you know, we help women do career counseling. So figuring out like what their goals are professionally. Um, we help with resume building, interview prep. Um, and then there's also a ton of other great programs um, that they can go and meet with groups of their peers and talk about, you know, what are their, you know, once they get the job, what are their next steps? What are their next goals? Um, we have done computer, computer classes and financial literacy classes and just training so that they feel confident when they get to that 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 new job and that next step in their career what do you think your favorite program is not that oh this is gonna be a biased question i already know this but what do you think your favorite program is well i came to mb as the program coordinator for girls on the run mm-hmm. so i that has always hold a very special place in my heart um but i want to get more involved you know I, I i work with the kid i work with you know that you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth yeah. grade, middle school part um, group of kids in our community. And so I'm really looking forward to this year is getting more involved with Dresser Success and our women's programming, because it's something that I don't professionally get involved in that much being part of the organization, because I'm just in a different department. So um, Girls on the Run is, well, again, always <laughs> special place in my heart. But I think Dress for Success uh, is something I want to get more involved in personally. So You know, this is a good transition <laughs> for a little get-to-know-you session. I, I want to know how you found your way to MB. Sure. So I grew up around the Sioux Falls area, mm-hmm. um, but I lived abroad for many, many years and had worked in West Africa with girls and women um, for about five years. And it was just kind of time to come home and spend time with my family and come back to my home community. And I was looking for an outlet and opportunity to continue to empower women and girls. So instantly found MB and they happened to have the right job op- uh, opening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that MB was like the leading organization to um, empower women and families and girls. And so this is how I I ended up at MB. Is that what really drew you? Just what they stand for and the mission of MB? Definitely. Yes. Yep. Any success stories that you can share about people who have benefited from this organization? Maybe it's someone from Girls on the Run and mm-hmm. whether it's a coach that was helping out one of the girls or the girls saying, oh my gosh, I can do this. Anything like that. Yeah. So I... That's what I love about my job is I get to hear all these amazing stories from our girls and learn coaches, from parents about the impact that the program had on their girls. Um, I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, was at a coach training and one of my new coaches was like, I, you know, I always ask them, why did you come to Girls on the Run? Uh, why do you want to volunteer with this program? And she said she wasn't a parent herself, but she's like, um, my... I don't know if it was her niece or her friend's daughter had done the program. And she, before she started Girls on the Run, she had, uh, you know, issues with her body image. Um, She was a little bigger girl and she was really self-conscious about herself. And she said that she's like, Girls on the Run completely transformed her relationship, not only with herself and like empowering who who she really is, but also her relationship to physical activity. Um, So she, she's like, that girl, my niece, that friend of hers, daughter, is a completely different person after having been went through the 10 weeks of thinking about what her star power is and what makes her uniquely her. And that, you know, having people to support her for, you know, in her physical activity goals of running that 5K and running those laps. And now she's a girl that's like confident and excited and just 
though it's those stories that always make my job like I feel like I have the coolest job in the world. Would you say <laughs> so, that's one of your favorite memories along with maybe a couple of other memories that you like to share? Oh, I mean, I the 5K is always a big deal every year. I mean, we do in Sioux Falls, we do two 5Ks a year, one in the spring and the fall at the end of our girls on the run mm-hmm. seasons. And so seeing those girls like cross the finish line and for some of them, that's a, it's a really big deal and it's a really challenging thing to do. I mean, I've had girls that like have crossed the finish line like, oh my gosh, that was so hard, <laughs> but I'm so proud. I'm so proud of myself for doing it. So 5K day is always like my favorite, favorite day of the year. Always. If you are just listening, Allison Sinning, she is the youth development manager and the girls on the run counselor director for MB here in the Sioux Empire. Now, I believe you guys just celebrated your 100th anniversary and that's a huge accomplishment. So can you tell us about, you know, the women and the families that were facing that type of turmoil in 1921, you know, when they didn't really have any rights or they really couldn't speak out for themselves? Yeah, I, you know, reflecting on the 100 years of MB has been really interesting. So I think back to, you know, 1921 was a real revolutionary time for women. I mean, the Voting Rights Act was just ratified within the Constitution in 1920. So it was really a time where, you know, women were were kind of finally seeing their potential in, in our community and that they have the power to, you know, change, to make change for their themselves, for their families and for the future. And so I think, you know, rolling into the next hundred years, we are also at this really interesting time in our society of, you know, the pandemic has been really challenging for families and for women. Um, it's redefined, uh, you know, how what we think of as work as well in terms of like, you know, lots of people working from home, you know, schools were closed, childcare facilities were, you know, it was it was just a really challenging time with the pandemic. So I think, you know, moving into the next hundred years, I mean, MB is really poised to to continue to support women for the next steps, I think. So absolutely. If, if now, that made sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. Do you have let's say you're a director that you're the director of MB, the CEO oh, in okay. the next couple of years? <laughs> Let's just put you in that mindset. Okay. What would you say your vision would be for the next century for MB? What do you envision it being? That's a really heavy question. I know. It's the toughest one. I think, it definitely it is. is. I mean, I think our overall goal is always to empower women to support, you know, to support each other, um, to see their true potential, and then to really bring up that next generation of girls to be leaders. And so um, I know we just have some, a lot of really exciting programming coming, you know, down the pike in the future. Um and we're really evaluating how we can make impacts in our community. So I think we'll continue to obviously do some of the things that we're doing because they're still, after 100 years, they're still needed. And so, I mean, I hope in the next 100 years, like when we get 100 years later, that some of the things that we have have to offer because, you know, these are the challenges of women and families in our community, we won't have to do them anymore um, because things have changed. Here's one of the programs that I alluded to that we were talking about. Now we're going to talk about it. The, the Girls on the Run yeah. program. Now, story time for everybody. I was a first-time coach 
this year for uh, Girls on the Run. And actually, one of my friends told me about it. She's like, you know, this looks fun. We should do it. And you and I are both runners. And I just said, okay, yeah, like, let's give this a try and see. And you know what? We loved it. We loved coaching those girls. And we loved our our little fall (laughs) session there. And I know around uh, 200 coaches to volunteer at least are needed throughout the state. I know that the session is just getting underway for the spring. But let's talk about what it takes to be a coach for Girls on the Run and just that program in general. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, that is the, the real power of Girls on the Run is the combination of our, you know, research based curriculum mm-hmm. and the one on one mentoring from our coaches for the girls. So that really makes the program really powerful for our participants. And so I think I get there's always two questions I get about coaching. One, do I have to be a runner? Two, do I have to make it up? So that's no to the, no to both of those questions. Um, we have our coaches are some of them are hardcore runners, amazing, powerful athletes. Others are those who just are really passionate about empowering girls um, to be their you know their best selves. So we get community members who I mean, we have community members, we have teachers, we have parents, we have all sorts of a really unique. A group of women that come together and men. We also have, I've had dads, I've had a grandpa that has come to coach girls on the run as well. Um, so we're just looking for adults who want to inspire um, and motivate and, you know, help support girls and their girls on the run journey. And then we have the curriculum that's all put together for you to, to be successful. So I, I will admit when I first was starting out as a coach, I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to get them to run laps. I'm going to get them to do drills, but no, it's completely not that at all. There is running involved and there is some sort of a training aspect when it comes to running that 5k at the end of the 10 weeks, but it's a lot more than that. It really is about empowering these young girls and showing them yes i am awesome yes and so it's it's the power of that like it's the combination of that like talking about we talk about you know confidence building and teamwork and how to be a great friend and how to resolve conflicts with friends and it's that social emotional learning um things that the girls are are going through um that are really powerful and then connecting them back connecting them with fun games and running and you know physical activity to help you know really drive home that topic for them. I mean, they're third, fourth, and fifth grade. So if you don't make it fun, they're not going to absorb it. So we want them to to have fun, be physically active, but also gain those skills to be confident and um, to solve problems in their lives. So what does it take to be a coach for Girls on the Run? The commitment is once a week. So the girls meet twice a week for 10 weeks. Um, so we just kicked off our, our spring season that will last from the last March, April and May across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will have another season in the fall, which will be September, October, November. So the girls, like I said, the girls meet twice a week, but we ask our coaches to commit to one, one practice a week so they can make uh, connections with the girls and get to know them and the girls can get to know them as a coach and they can just form great relationships. So what kind of lessons are we talking about here? We talked about, you know, self body image. We talked about confidence. Is that all kind of intertwined with all these lessons? Like, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember some lessons in my head actually Yeah. about, um, Oh, teamwork. I think teamwork was one of those lessons that was discussed for girls on the run. Yeah. So our curriculum is um, broken into three different sections. So the first like 
seven lessons or so or for first couple of weeks we'll talk about self-confidence mm-hmm. so we'll talk about you know positive self-talk um, we'll look at emotions and like so recognizing emotions that we experience and then how we react to them how do we react to different emotions uh, we'll also talk about empathy as well um, during that time and then the middle part of our season is, ta- is focused on relationships with their peers so friendships with you know friendships how they resolve conflicts with friends how why our words matter and so you know it's kind of it's a thing that we know when we the words that we say we can't take them back we can't put them back into our mouths mm-hmm. and so like how our words matter and have consequences um they can even you know build people up or tear them down uh, we also talk a lot about, um, I said empathy, we talk about empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do do some like uh, conflict resolution. So giving girls actual tools that they can use when there is a conflict when they, you know, with their friends or with their peers and how they can, can work through that independently, which is really important. Um, and then at the last part of the season, we celebrate them. We celebrate all their great accomplishments and their strengths by doing a community service project. And also they run a practice 5K so they can get a little uh, idea of what 3.1 miles is before they get to the end of the season race. And so. it's not easy when you're in third, fourth, and fifth grade. That's for sure. No. I mean, we all remember, <laughs> yes. like, you know, our PE teacher saying we're going to run the mile in PE. And they're like, what? Um, but these girls run 3.1 miles and we, we you know, we help them throughout the season build up to that to that amount of running um and also we say you know it's okay if you have to walk a little bit i mean mm-hmm. it's uh it's your pace your race so um you know the girls can walk skip jump hop whatever they they feel comfortable doing as long as they're moving forward so why should anyone be a coach for girls on the run you, you know what would be your message to anyone that's thinking hey maybe this is something for me mm-hmm. I feel I hear all the time from my coaches how they have gained just as much from the program as they think the girls have. So, well, the lessons are, you know, geared towards third, fourth and fifth grade girls. I think they the topics are really good reminders to us as adults as well about, you know, having our own self-confidence, having our own, you know, I'm I have to fully admit that I struggle with negative self-talk. And so, like, when we get to that positive self-talk lesson, it's such great reminders of of things that, you know, we can work on in our lives as adults as well. Um, And you learn so much, so, so so much from the girls, just from the things, you know, their perspectives and their opinions. Um, It's just a really fun way to get involved in your community and um, get involved with kids, especially if you're, you know, you're not a teacher, you're not somebody who works with kids on, you know, often. Um, I, yeah, come join us. Absolutely. If you are just listening, I'm being joined by Allison Sinning. She is the Youth Development Manager and the Girls on the Run Counselor Director for MB. Now, what are some other volunteer opportunities that MB has to offer? So we have, there's tons of ways to get involved in our organization. Um, we, for Dress for Success, we're always looking for career coaches. So those are women um, who will come in and talk through, you know, uh, professional goals and, uh, you know, what, you know, women who are seeking work are looking for in a job. Um, and so those, those, those uh, coaches will do, you know, help with the, build their resume, uh, help with interview practice. Um, and and job applications. We're also looking for volunteers to come with our to come help with our suitings. So that's when um, we're helping women find that you know that outfit to go to the interview and also the clothes that they may need when they get that job. Um, 
we are we also have a program for called First Lego League and this is another MV program that I think a lot of people don't know about. So this is uh houses in our youth development uh department as well as you know like girls on the run. Mm-hmm. Um so what it is all about is you, the kids are going to get together as teams and they're going to program a Lego robot to run on these missions. So they learn how to program this robot and build this robot, but they also uh, will get a challenge. So every year there's a new challenge. And so this year, next, next academic year in 2020, 2022, 2023 yeah. <laughs> is going to be renewable energy. So kids will be looking to solve real world problems around renewable energy. Um, so they'll put together a project and um, and think through and do the research on that project and think about, you know, what they want to do. Like, what, what, how could they solve an issue or a challenge within re- the idea of or within the theme of renewable energy? Um, and then they also will do a presentation on, you know, teamwork and the core values of First Lego League. Um, and then teams to get together. Uh, it'll be next, next March um, and do... They'll compete against other teams, um, and so they'll get to meet other kids that are also, you know, learning how to program these robots yeah. and thinking through uh, these different challenges around renewable energy. So we'll have come up with a whole bunch of really amazing projects around around renewable energy and that problem. And so um, we're always looking for volunteers to support our kids to um, work through this program, and that will start in the fall. Um, and that's something we're really trying to build some new teams within the Sioux Falls school district, especially. So what about that 5K coming up? We were talking about, too, how you always are looking for those volunteers mm. to hop out during the 5K. Yes, I can't forget the 5K. So <laughs> um, we are doing our spring 5K on May 14th in Sioux Falls. Um and so we're always looking for volunteers to come and support our girls, to help on the race route, to cheer them on, to help at the finish line, to give them medals and, you know, celebrate their accomplishment that they just did and hand out snacks. And so we have tons of volunteer opportunities at our 5K. Um, we'll also be doing some 5Ks across the state as well. So we'll be doing one in Mitchell, another one in Pier, and a 5K in the Black Hills as well for all those girls participating in those areas. So. All right, Allison Sending. Anything else you want to add just about MB and what this organization means to the Sioux Empire? So, you know, we just have so much going on. And I think if you're interested in getting involved, please visit our website, um, which is mb.org. So that's E-M-B-E.org. And just kind of go there and check us out. We have, you know, all sorts of things happening throughout the year. So we're always looking for, for new people to come and join us. All right, awesome. Once again, Allison Sinning, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I am joined in the studio from Hope Haven Marketing Manager, Brooke Koima. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's talk about Hope Haven. What is your organization all about? Hope Haven is a nonprofit organization that provides services and support for people with disabilities. Our services are comprehensive. We have a really big umbrella, so we do a lot of different things that cover a lot of aspects of a person's life. That's vocational, so connecting people with job opportunities, housing, so that's direct care and in homes. Um, We have an international ministries program. Um, So we do a lot of different things. Individual choice is really key in all of our services, Mm -hmm. empowering people to have a productive life of their choosing in their own communities. What about people that benefit from this program? So when people come in to Hope Haven, what is their number one priority that they're looking for from you guys? Yeah. So it really varies based on individual need. 
Our largest service program at the moment is community living. We have over 60 community living residences in Northwest Iowa and Southwest Minnesota. But like I said, it really varies based on that person's needs. And our international ministries program has their distribution center in Sioux Falls. And that program has delivered over 130,000 wheelchairs in 109 countries. So, and they estimate that there are millions of people around the world who still need a wheelchair and can't access one. So that program has a really great need and a lot of people tap into that and, and work with us on that program. So. I, I should have mentioned in the beginning that this is part of the Sioux Empire. So you have a location in Iowa. Yes. And then is there also an office located in Sioux Falls? Yeah. So our headquarters are in Rock Valley, Iowa, but our international ministries is headquartered in Sioux Falls. You were talking about the wheelchair ministry yep. just now. How many wheelchairs, just so I can figure that out, how many wheelchairs would you say you distribute a year? It really depends. Anywhere between 2,000 to 5,000 wheelchairs, probably. Can you talk about some experiences that people have had with Hope Haven? So our organization was founded in 1964, so there's a lot of history there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, especially in the Sioux Empire, have been on a trip with us or they have volunteered at one of our wheelchair workshops. And that basically uh, working in a wheelchair workshop entails refurbishing wheelchairs that are donated. So if someone has a wheelchair that they no longer use, they'll donate it to our organization and we, our volunteers will refurbish it to like new and then it'll be donated to someone in need. So locally people help us refurbish those wheelchairs. And then there's also opportunities for people to go on trips with us to places like Vietnam and Guatemala and Romania and be a part of that process where they're personally giving a wheelchair to somebody in need. So those are some really great experiences. There's so many stories, but when you're there in that country and you're, you're seeing the person get that life changing gift of a wheelchair, it's, it's really incredible. It's probably really rewarding for you on your end just to see it all unfold. Definitely. It's the whole, you see the whole process right there. Things have changed with COVID-19, too, and there really isn't an area that hasn't been affected in some way. Nonprofits and organizations like Hope Haven especially have been hurting during this difficult time. Yeah, re things really were put on pause with that. We had one of our last trips in March, and then things really came to a halt on that. Behind the scenes, we were still collecting wheelchairs, and our volunteers were safely working when they could on, on refurbishing them. But yeah, we didn't have a lot of trips last year, so we're excited when things start opening back up to, to get back out there and, and get those wheelchairs distributed to people in those countries. So, When COVID first became a reality, what were your thoughts personally and as an organization? Yeah, wow. Difficult time for everyone, especially in our nonprofit and what we do. Locally, we provide direct care, so that's super challenging because the, the work that we do that way doesn't stop and people can't work from home. And then our wheelchair ministry, just all of those trips being paused and it, yeah, it's really difficult, but our, I would say our leadership was really innovative and coming up with solutions and all of our employees, it was such a team effort of following all those procedures and being a really united front in order to come through it all. But yeah, what a, what a difficult, strange time. Don't remember my exact reaction, but just yeah. really not sure how to take that all in because 
so new for everyone. I know. And we're all still trying to process this year in general, too. And you already just said this. How did your team act to the pandemic and what was the plan going forward? Our team really acted and collaborated to come up with those safety procedures in terms of all of our different service programs, whether that be local or international, like pausing some of those trips. Mm-hmm. Um And then on our fundraising aspect of things with our events, you know, figuring out, oh, do we cancel this? Do we reschedule it? So that was an interesting thing to navigate all of those challenges. When you did eventually, because for the most part, yeah, because of COVID, all those events that were planned were canceled or postponed. So what were just some of the events that were canceled last year for Hope Haven? Well, we have a Rock and Roll for Hope event that's at the Country Club in Sioux Falls every March that was canceled. And then we had a couple other concert events that take place in the spring that were canceled. Thankfully, we were able to hold some of our summer events that are out, were outside. Mm-hmm. The ones that we postponed, we did have in the summer and the fall, but they just looked different, right? Less people there, mm-hmm. mask safety procedures like that. So we were able to pivot with some of those events. But yeah, it was just a challenging thing to restructure those events. But so a few of them were canceled. A few of them were restructured and postponed. If you are just listening, Brooke from Hope Haven, she is joining me in the studio. How crucial are these events and fundraisers for an organization like Hope Haven? Fundraising events are huge for us. We have you know, about a dozen events throughout the year. So events are a huge part of our fundraising efforts. So, and not only is it a great way for us to raise funds, but it's just a great way to get the community involved and aware of what we do. Um, It connects people with volunteering opportunities. So there's just a number of ways that events are really critical to our fundraising efforts. Absolutely. And just like events like the auction and other programs you put on at Hope Haven, you need help. So what are volunteer opportunities that are offered at Hope Haven? Yeah, there's a number of different ways that people can volunteer and get involved with Hope Haven. Um, we have a list of all of those on our website, hopehaven.org slash volunteer. And it, you know, it depends on the location that you're at. But if, in Sioux Falls specifically, we have opportunities to help at our, our Sioux Falls headquarters, our international ministries. So you can get involved by helping refurbish those wheelchairs. You can also help us load up for shipments, organize. There's administrative tasks. So there's a lot of information on our website about how you can help out that way and sign up. Brooke Coima with Hope Haven. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.